Chapter 7 of Our Little Hindu Cousin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sarah and Gracia Partial. Our Little Hindu Cousin by Blanche McManus. Chapter 7 Chola Goes on a Tiger Hunt. Poor Mahala felt very badly as he stood in the big railway station and watched Chola and little Saib go off in the fire carriage. I will go and buy some sweetmeats, he said finally. This made him feel a little better, for Mahala had a very sweet tooth. Meanwhile, Chola and his little friend were speeding quickly through waving rice fields and grain fields. This is even more fun than traveling in the ox wagon, thought Chola, as they rushed through town after town and watched the trees fly past. Finally, they stopped at the village where Akbid had arranged for the elephants and the beaters to meet them, for the real way to hunt tigers is to go after them on elephants. The servants had packed away their belongings and camp things on top of the two big elephants as they expected to have to live in the jungle for several days. Isn't this splendid? exclaimed Harry as the elephants went rocking along through the tangled grass. He was so excited that he could not keep still and even Chola's mild black eyes were sparkling. The beaters whose business it is to beat through the long grass and underbrush where a tiger might be hidden, were full of tales of a great man-eating tiger that was the terror of the region, and who was in the habit of coming boldly up to the fields and gardens, carrying off goats and even attacking the oxen. When they came to one of the little villages, they found the inhabitants in a state of terror. Only the night before, the tiger had sprung on a farmer who was ploughing his fields and carried him off in sight of the whole village. The tracks which were seen in the mud along the banks of a stream showed that he was a very big and powerful tiger. Our party followed these tracks for some time, but nothing more was discovered, and as it was growing late, they made camp for the night. The servants quickly put up the tents for the saibs, and built a big fire. They did not want a tiger to pay them a surprise visit at night, and hungry tigers often do bold things. Ugh! This is creepy! Just suppose a tiger should steal up behind us now, confided Harry to Chola, as they sat around the big fire after supper. It is well for one to have a charm. Hast thou one? asked little Chola as he felt for the charm which hung about his neck. He always wore a charm, but this was one which his uncle had given him to keep off the evil spirits of the jungle. No, indeed, laughed Harry. We don't wear such things. Still, if one does believe in charms, now is the time to have one, he added, looking behind him rather fearfully. Once in a while a cry would come from some wild animal or bird in the trees, and the boys would look over their shoulders and draw up closer to the fire. 
but it was fun although they felt more creepy still when the beaters began to tell of stories of wonderful hunts in which they had taken part in the past and the old head-beater who had come from the south himself told tales of his wonderful adventures he told how one night he awoke and found a leopard sniffing at his head as he lay sleeping on his veranda and how he only saved his life by holding his breath and pretending to be dead a leopard will not touch a dead person or animal another time he had seen the queer little todas a race of people who live in the nilgiri hills in the far south and worship buffaloes and say prayers while they are milking these sacred beasts whose temples are their dairies he knew too the wild shy people of the jungle who build their houses on nests in the trees so as to be safe from prowling wild beasts once in a while hunting in the deep forest he had been caught in the huge coils of a terrible boa constrictor one of those great snakes that can crush an ox by winding themselves about it in great coils or can swallow an antelope in one mouthful the beater was only saved from the anger of the great snake by one of the other hunters coming up just at the right moment and killing it he was a wonderful man this old fellow with the long gray beard as he sat by the fire chewing his betel nut and telling his never-ending stories the next morning all were up at daybreak for they wanted to get an early start one of the elephants had been rather ugly during the time when the men were packing the things on his back and he was still in a bad temper when harry came up with a piece of sugar for him instead of putting the sugar into the elephant's mouth harry accidentally dropped it on the ground this made the elephant still more angry and as harry stooped to pick up the sugar he lifted his great foot and would have crushed the boy who did not dream of the danger he was in suddenly chola saw the danger and rushing right up under the angry elephant's foot made these strange cries that the old head driver at his uncle's had taught him it was the talk of the elephants among themselves as they roamed the jungle it was like magic the big foot came down gently without touching either of the boys and the elephant giving a peculiar cry rubbed his trunk against chola just as the colonel sahib everyone came running up in terror for they had seen it all and thought the boys would surely be crushed to death chola was a great hero you can imagine how the colonel sahib thanked him and the natives looked at him with wonder and awe he is indeed one who is wise though young for the wild animals talk with him as with a friend said the old head-beater as he salaamed down to cholo's feet harry did not say much until he and chola were alone and then he said chola i did think you were a bit of a coward when we were talking in your uncle's garden but now i know you are much braver than i for i would never have dared to go up like that and order about an angry elephant after everybody had got over their fight and were actually ready to start some of the beaters who had been looking for signs of tigers came back and said they had seen the tracks so everything was got ready as quickly as possible or as quickly as hindus can be got to move 
and the big elephants went trudging along through the underwood until finally it was seen that the grass had been crushed down in places a sign that the tiger himself could not be far away the elephants began to show signs of fear as they always do when a tiger is about and the beaters divided their forces some of them going one way and the rest going another searching carefully through the tangled grass and underbrush all the men got their guns ready and it was not a minute too soon for suddenly up out of the jungle there sprang a great yellow tiger straight for the howdah in which the colonel saib and harriet and cholo were sitting with a howl of pain the tiger rolled under the elephant's feet as a bullet from the colonel's gun went crashing into his brain my but he's a fine fellow won't his skin make a fine rug father cried harry in great excitement when he was measured the old beater said it was one of the biggest tigers he had ever seen the colonel felt very proud of his prize they beat around the brush for several days but came upon no more tigers so the party turned back again on their own tracks bound for home our two little friends were sorry to part but harry said that chola must come and see him up at simla up in the hills where the english folk go when it is too hot for them to stay in the plains and in the big cities there the boys would have more good times at the colonel sahib's bungalow among the cedars as the englishman's country house in india is called and didn't chola have wonderful tales to tell mahala and nao as they all sat together in the evenings under the big tree in the garden while shriya played with her new dolls beside them and listened with wide open eyes the end end of chapter seven recording by sarah and gracia partial sarahpartial.blogspot.com new york end of our little hindu cousin by blanche mcmanus